Welcome to Legal Wellbeing in Action, the podcast series of the New Mexico Wellbeing Committee. There's much more to come as we continue our focus on the What a Healthy Legal Community Looks Like campaign. And the campaign itself aims to understand the state of well-being in legal organizations and list local leaders to help define what well-being looks like for their populace, identify priorities for the community, measure, evaluate, and improve. So for the month of August, we are joined by our three speakers from the paralegal division to discuss what is unique in the community of New Mexico's paralegals. In this episode, our guests will speak to the overall well-being of paralegals, and they will be addressing some of the challenges they have personally faced when it comes to balancing the work along with their mental health, emotional health, and physical health. From here, I will let our guests take it away. To our listeners out there, thank you for tuning into Legal Well-Being in Action. If you'd like to leave us feedback or to continue the conversation on well-being, please email us at well at sbnm.org. We hope you enjoy. Thank you, Tanessa, for that introduction, and thank you for inviting the Paralegal Division to be on Legal Well-Being in Action. Today's episode is about what a healthy legal community looks like, focusing on the paralegal profession. We'll be discussing what it's like to be a paralegal, some of the pressure we face, and what we can do for our well-being. I am happy to be joined today by two very excellent paralegals who are also members of the paralegal division, Linda Sanders and Lynette Rushlow. Uh, We're going to have a conversation today specifically about what we need and want as paralegals. So we'll start with introductions. My name is Christina Babcock and I will be the moderator for this podcast. I've been a paralegal for 27 years working specifically in criminal defense. I have a master's degree in paralegal studies and I'm currently a full-time paralegal studies professor at Central New Mexico Community College. I've been teaching for the past 13 years and teach a wide range of paralegal courses. So I've been a member of the paralegal division since 2011. I'm a past board member, a past chair in 2018 and I'm the current secretary for the division and I'm also a member of the New Mexico Wellbeing Committee. So starting with Linda, could you please introduce yourself, tell us where you work, how long you've been a paralegal and your connection to the paralegal division? Sure, thanks, Christina. I wanna start by saying I'm really pleased to have been invited to participate in this podcast. I think it is a very important topic and I'm, I'm just pleased to be associated with it. Um, My name is Linda Sanders. I am the 2022, so the current chair of the paralegal division. Um, In the past, I have served as both secretary and chair of multiple committees. I have been a paralegal for about 20 years. Uh, I currently work at Hurley Taves, Stiles, Hamblin, and Panter as a paralegal in the trust and estate litigation division. For the past about 12 years of my career, this has been my exclusive focus in law. Um, Been very fortunate to have a very narrow focus on what I do. And I will pass it to you, Lynette. Thank you, Linda. And thank you so much, Christina. Um, I'm Lynette Rushlow. Um, I've been a paralegal since 1989, so I, however many years that is now, um, I started out working um, in the civil side under um, mostly personal injury um, for the past 
12 years, I have been working at, and I'm going to get, everybody's going to get this a little confused, so I want to make sure I say this correctly. I work at National Technologies and Engineering Solutions of Sandia, which most people know as Sandia National Laboratories, but technically, um, NTES is the operator that own that operates in, um, as a government contractor operator that um, owns Sandia National Laboratory. So we make sure we get that correct. Um, and in this past 12 years that I've been there, I'm working in the Legal Technology Transfer Center and have learned a lot of new things and a lot of different things. And it's a little bit different than working definitely outside of the gate, as we call it. And I am also been in the paralegal division for I don't know how long now, but I was a past chair in 2019. And I think that answers all your questions. Thank you, ladies. Uh, we're all very diverse in what we do with Linda in private uh, practice and Lynette in government and myself in education. So we have all different perspectives on being a paralegal. So let's get started. Um, what we need as paralegals, uh, we need patience and understanding from our attorneys and the client. Uh, the attorneys, when they say make it happen, we want them to understand our workload. Um, sometimes we can feel pulled in all directions and overwhelmed at times. And from the client, we really want them to understand their case takes time. Sometimes they want their cases over with really fast and it's definitely a process. So uh, our first question, what do you need or want as a paralegal? Linda? I think you kind of hit it right between the eyes. Um, patience and understanding and respect for what I have on my plate. Um, I support four attorneys who work both independently on some cases and collaboratively on others. I am currently carrying a caseload of about 115 active cases. So I have a lot going on. And the attorneys that I support, really their focus is on their cases. They don't necessarily it's not like they mean to not know what else I have going on, but their focus is what their focus is. And so for their understanding of what I have going on, what deadlines I have that are outside of their cases, um, and, and to respect when I tell them I can't get to this today, to go back to the uh, make it happen kind of quote, that sometimes just isn't realistic. Um, I'm very fortunate that I have attorneys that receive those boundaries and those limits on my time very well. Um, I have found resolutions to that. And I don't know, Christina, do you wanna, want me to touch on those a little bit? Yes, please. So one of the biggest resolutions that I have about helping my attorneys know what I have going on is... Typically on Friday, before I leave work, I send an email to all of the attorneys, um, one email to all four attorneys that looks at the next two weeks and what deadlines we have, what the priorities are, what they're working on, what I'm working on, and it, it enables them to have the big picture that I need them to have. And um, it, 
it is what I have found to be most effective. And they rely on it. I rely on it. It is kind of my Bible as to what the next two weeks are going to look like for me. And I have found that to be really, really helpful. Lynette? Oh, well, mine's a lot different than that. But um, my first thing would say I'd love to be able to clone myself so I could get twice as much work done, um, kind of jokingly. Um, so I work in the Technology Transfer Center at Sandia. And what that means is we do patents and, wa and waivers that are associated with that, copyrights, um, non-disclosure agreements, journal publication agreements. So um, basically um, what that means is anything that comes into Sandia, we have to edit because we do have DOE is, um, uh, Department of Energy is our over, oversight. And so we have certain things that we have to put in every agreement that we um, enter into. So we usually have to edit every agreement. And for me, I do um, about 90% of the NDAs for Sandia. Um, I do all the uh, waivers. I do do copyrights. I do some copyrights. I do work with journal, um, journal and book publishers to put it to make sure that our our legal information is put into the publication agreements before the um, staff can sign it. And so I have to deal with not only internally with my attorneys, um, but also with external people such as the publishing and publishers and um, other people, other companies that don't understand how Sandia works, which is about 90% of the companies. Um, and then also have to deal with staff members on the line who are trying to get work done and trying to get stuff in and out of the door. So there's always um, a lot of pressure there. And we're still trying to figure out um, the best way to make to make sure that everything gets done, you know, as a, in a very reasonable time and get things in and out. There certainly is definitely um, challenges, especially when we're trying to change people's, especially like with NDAs where we're trying to change um, people's wordings on their documents because they don't understand why we have to put this information in and they think, well, you know, this, this doesn't make any sense and we just need, or we need to take this out. So um, I do work with a great group of attorneys. Not all of them are from New Mexico, um, but we've, they've all worked in patents and, and I'll have like associate, I mean, I'm sorry, master's degrees and some of them have PhDs in certain um, of the sciences too. So they are able to work with the staff on that. Um, as for me, I just try and basically, I try to come into the day with what I think is going to be our important documents and, and information that we need to get out. Of course, that usually changes within five minutes of starting, but I do try and just work as best as I can. And I have my you know, list of what I need to do. And sometimes that gets moved all around. I've tried, tried to prioritize things, but it doesn't <laughs> really work that well. Um, it does help to have the attorneys to talk to. And it is, it does help when you do get, as Linda said, respect and a little more appreciation for what you do. And also for people to realize that, you know, we're only, I'm only one person that's doing what I can and that, you know, there's others of us that are doing the same thing and that we're trying to get them done as best as we, we're trying to get them as done as best we can, as fast as we can. 
and make you look good and get your information out to where you need it to be. But yelling at me and coming back and, or, you know, coming to me at the last minute saying, oh, I need this done tomorrow is definitely not going to be a way to help me out or help get your information out the door because it's going to have involved moving a lot of other stuff that is also important. So, um, Christina, I'm going to let you go back to you on that one. Thank you, Lynette. Um, something that I wanted to mention is for my students, I think a lot of them have unrealistic expectations at the beginning and that's kind of due to a lot of television shows where they show paralegals in these unbelievably beautiful offices doing all these really cool things when we're really just working really hard at our desks. Um, and those unrealistic expectations kind of affect our well-being. Um, you know, for an example, um, confidentiality. Um, you know, we can't vent to the person that we rely on the most at home. Um, your source of support can't really relate to the type of stress that we have in our day. We can't go home and share, you know, the details. Um, so attorneys face this same struggle, but um, relating back to stress, what do you stress most about as a paralegal? Okay, well, I was just going to say I want to add it on to that and that um, and for Christina, with regards to confidentiality, that um, definitely plays a huge factor in some of the things I do because we definitely have um, a higher level there. And so it is harder to sometimes to be able to knowing things that we know and coming out and trying to, as you said, you can't come home and just, you know, tell somebody at home, hey, you know, I know X, Y, and Z, this is coming out or this, you know, we're doing this or that. So it does add to the frustration and to the stress of the day. And I think for me, you know, my, the things that cause me stress are at work are a lot of things, but I think you have to rely on, for me, the people that are around me at work in my core area that I can talk to my friends there because they're the only other people that I can talk to about the information, especially where it concerns things that you cannot talk about outside of your job or outside of the work area. And to just be able to kind of have that, you know, we need to, we need to be able to take breaks and sit down and talk to each other sometimes during the day or just get up and take a walk and, and take a few minutes to decompress before we start into the next one. And, or if something horrible has happened to be able to just kind of sit and say, you know, this is what's going on. We need to deal with this because I think with the stress, we tend to, uh, for me, I do tend to um, just put it on top of my shoulders and keep going during the day. So. Great. Thank you. Linda. I, I agree, Lynette. And the, the point that both you and Christina touched on um, as far as the stress, and I'm not sure I can narrow it down to just one thing, but it's more of a category, um, which I think ultimately would be labeled unrealistic expectations. Um, I get very, very stressed when one of my attorneys promises a client or opposing counsel or a judge, um, you bet we'll have this to you in X number of days without recognizing the consequence of that promise. And it puts a tremendous amount of pressure on me 
to meet that turnaround. When again, as I said, I am already looking at, you know, I, I at any given time easily have a solid two weeks worth of work on my calendar. And so that is one big stress is the fact that expectations get put out there and they are not necessarily realistic. Um, you have to be flexible. As much as I say that I send out the calendar on Friday and um, you know, here's what's going on. What that really is, is my wish list. Like, here's what I would really like to do and focus on, but you have to constantly be prioritizing and reevaluating and checking the calendar. And you just have to be flexible because stuff happens and you have to be able to deal with it. And that is really stressful. Um, and the ultimate fear or stress is that I'm going to miss something. That is the big category as to what that boils down to is not to miss something. Well, that's correct, Linda. I, I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, for me, I, w I used to try and have my, you know, give like you, I wanted to, I had a wish list or I'd sit and talk with an attorney. And of course, this is before Cynthia, where I'd go in and say, okay, you guys, this is my list. This is what I have from, you know, however many attorneys I was working with. Yours is here. Yours is here. Trying to set up, you know, something that was reasonable that we could get through all the work that needed to be done. And, and inevitably that never worked because there was always something that came through that's an emergency or, oh my God, we forgot about this, or, oh, somebody has to run this paperwork up to, well, I guess you don't do this anymore, but we had to run it up to the court in Santa Fe or up into the courts, you know, out in, up in the Northern New Mexico or somewhere. And sometimes that was, you know, you're, well, you're here, you're, you're the closest one, you can go do it, even though you are a paralegal. <laughs> so I understand how that goes. Right, and I think that no matter where you work, every paralegal, I think their biggest stress is deadlines. And I think we can all relate to that. So um, what can be done to help our uh, well-being as paralegals? So you kind of mentioned earlier, Linda, about um, just showing their respect. So definitely their respect and appreciation for you, um, acknowledging your work. Sometimes it's the little things. Linda and I had a conversation before where she says they, um, they stock her, <clears throat> excuse me, they stock her refrigerator with um, their favorite snacks. And it's little things like that, that, you know, help you get through your day. And so also from the clients, um, from dealing with the client, you want them to understand that you're doing everything you can on their case. And um, I think Lynette said that also, please don't take it out on me. Don't yell at me. I'm doing the best that I can. So um, how can we prevent burnout? And what can paralegals do during their workday to de-stress? So I think you're right, Christina. Um, in terms of preventing burnout, I would encourage people to think about the little things that can help. Um, one of my favorite parts of my day, we have a thing in my office called three o'clock chocolate. And we literally... <laughs> you know, meet at the candy jar and help ourselves to a, a piece of chocolate. And it's just that 
little push that gets us to five o'clock. Um, and it, it just sort of informally started. And yet now it's truly a thing in the office. Um, and it's just a nice little diversion. I think as paralegals, um, if you were to do a personality trait of us, we would all come back to be workaholics, very type A, very focused on details, and we forget to look up, so to speak, and take those breaks during the day. Um, another thing in my office that goes a long way is we only work half days on Fridays. And that extra half a day to the weekend, it makes such a huge difference. I can get things done on Friday afternoon, errands, whatever, and then truly have Saturday and Sunday to just relax and decompress. It is amazing to me how far that half day goes. Um, another piece is simply scheduling my time off, my vacation days. Um, at a minimum, I take two days every month and I either will take a full three-day weekend or if you add on the half day on Friday, I'm getting three and a half days um, and I at least do that twice a month. And that goes a long way for me as well. On a day-to-day -day basis, my biggest tip is to tell people to take their lunch, to go out of their office, to walk out of, if they're working from home, walk away from the computer for that half hour, whatever your lunchtime is, and to truly step away, get out, go for a walk, get some fresh air, um, just let your brain shut down for that little bit. And um, the other piece that I have in terms of preventing a burnout is every day at the end of the day, I make my list for what, again, wish list, but for the most part, I can stick to it, what my priorities are going to be for the next day. And again, because things change and you have to be fluid and um, what I think is going to happen doesn't necessarily happen, but what that allows me to do at the end of the day is to, again, turn off my brain. When I make my list, I know what my focus is going to be. I can then go home and turn off work because I've already decided what my next day is going to look like. And I don't have to be worrying about what's on my plate. I've already made that decision and it allows me to just relax and get a good night's sleep and enjoy that time at home with my family. Lynette? It's funny you said the chocolate one because I am the one at work who always has a chocolate bowl that has, I keep it filled <laughs> and people, <laughs> so people come in during the day and you can tell when it's a really bad day because you'll see two or three people, they'll come in over and over again and get chocolate and they'll stop and talk. So that is one of the things that I do try, well, before the pandemic, before all this happened is I did have a chocolate bowl and everybody would come in, you know, when they needed to dress or just needed a moment to get away from their office or their phones or 
of course, that didn't help me, but then I just sit and talk to him. So he kind of helped me a little bit. Um, one of the other fun things that we used to do pre-pandemic, too, is the paralegals and the admin staff, because we only have a few paralegals and we have admins in our office, which is a little different setup than most law firms. But we had um, we did teas once every month. So everybody would bring in like a dish and we would make tea, hot tea in the winter and cold tea in the summer. And we would have, sometimes it would be snacks and it'd be like around three o'clock in the afternoon and everybody come in and we have like a half an hour or so. And everybody, the attorneys and the bosses all knew that they had to leave us alone for that half an hour or maybe 45 minutes sometimes, because that was the time when we were taking a break and we were enjoying being at work and getting to know each other and it didn't involve having to totally do work and so we'd come in we'd have snacks or sometimes we'd have a lunch we'd make a lunch out of it and do a potluck lunch where we'd have people bring food and then once we were done with it then we'd open it up and the attorneys usually come in and <laughs> finish eating the food for us <laughs> so we did have those were the two big ones that we always um, enjoyed and I always looked forward to that and I think everybody really did with the pandemic I remember for probably about most of the 2020, we all kept saying, when are we going to get back to go back to work so we can have tea? That was the only thing we really cared about. <laughs> and so, but for me, the other thing for me with stress is, and I'm, I agree with you, Linda, we tend to get into our, I tend to sit down at my computer and I don't get up and I need to take a lunch break. So I do make sure I take lunch. Um, sometimes it gets later in the afternoon because I'm working so hard. I tend to forget to get up and then I'll look down and it'll be like one thirty or something. And I'm like, okay, I have to stop. Or if my brain is rattling in my head earlier, I'll stop and take my lunch break. But also just to get up sometimes, you know, at like 1030 or 11 o'clock or maybe like three o'clock or two thirty in the afternoon and just get up and walk. Um, Cause I'm still working from home partly now walk around the house or just, you know, walk outside and get the mail or maybe go grab some laundry, you know, to throw it into the wash machine just to get away from the computer and stop, especially when I am feeling that pressure of, oh my gosh, I have so much to do and I've got to get this done. And I realize, you know, no, I can't keep doing this because I'm not helping myself. And I think knowing that, and also Sandia does provide us with a lot of, um, things like we have um, different classes we can take online and, you know, wellness, wellness things. We have some medi uh, mindful meditations that we can pull up, um, you know, different things like that, that we can look at while we're doing it and while we're working during the day and, and trying to, and the other thing I try and do is set a timer on my calendar so that, you know, around 10, 15, it comes up and at least says, get up. And then if I choose to ignore it, okay. But I think I have to put that in there because I tend not to pay attention if I don't. Great. So that shows that chocolate does fix a lot of things, no matter who you are. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit about the division. So how can the division help paralegals with their well-being? The division offered a full-day CLE with a sole focus on wellness back in December. Um, we made members aware of some awesome resources. Um, we also provide networking uh, throughout the year to meet and talk um, with other paralegals and sometimes uh, talking with a paralegal who understands 
the stress that only another paralegal would understand is very therapeutic. Um, we plan to do more to help our members in the future to feel better. Um, but, you know, what do we want to do? What are we striving for? You know, it's different for everyone. But my question to you is, what does a healthy paralegal look like, in your opinion? And what can the division do for members to help them have a balanced life between work and their well-being? Linda? Sure. So I, I agree. Um, we have worked very hard to have more of a wellness focus. And whether it's COVID-driven and all of the restraints that have been placed on us and, and the different kind of stressors, um, the source doesn't really matter, but um, I think one of the things that we have, a, as a division have tried to convey to our members is the importance of prioritizing themselves. And um, in particular with the December CLE that we held, um, the, the big takeaway that I had from that was the, the piece that we had about setting boundaries and what those healthy boundaries look like and how to politely enforce those boundaries. Um, you know, it goes back to attorneys saying, well, I just need this from you or I need you to make it happen, things like that. And um, really conveying and setting what those healthy boundaries look like and enforcing them and not just with attorneys, but with clients as well. And, um, you know, setting realistic expectations is a big piece of it. Um, having a forum for our members for advice um, about stresses, but also about work and things like that, the opportunity to socialize and talk about, like you said, Christina, the, the stresses and the frustrations with people who can relate. It goes a very long way because, again, confidentiality issues and things like that, we can't share with our family for the most part. And so having that outlet to turn to for our members is important. Um, I've seen a lot of activity on our Facebook page for the division about this. And I try very hard to share that kind of content. Um, and, and I think that goes a long way. Um, that's just a quick and easy diversion, um, going and checking out our Facebook page and seeing who's doing what, who's saying what. Um, it helps me a lot. And, and I really like that. And as far as what a healthy paralegal looks like, for me, it's just someone who is truly making a concerted effort for their own well-being. Um, in terms of boundaries, in terms of work-life balance, in terms of mental well-being, um, taking the time to meditate or um, read a book, whatever, however it is they decompress. I'm a big reader. Um, <clears throat> it's truly how I turn my brain off. Uh, if I am reading a book, I can't be reading a book 
and thinking about something else. Like I have the ability to truly get lost in that book. Um, For some people, it's listening to music. They truly just can picture the notes in their minds and things like that. A way to just truly turn off and be in the moment, I think is super important. And I think we have made the point of stressing to our members to find that outlet, whatever it is for you. If it's running so hard, you, you know, you're focusing on your breathing, whatever that looks like for you. Um, everybody has to find a way to truly turn off. And, um, and obviously physical well-being, um, you know, take care of yourself, exercise and diet, but, you know, do that monthly checkup with your doctor, um, make sure annual checkup, whatever that is, um, take care of yourself, make yourself a priority, go to the dentist, go to the eye doctor, whatever else, especially for those of us that are of an age where health issues are becoming more of a concern, be preventative of that. Um, Just be more self-aware overall. And I think, again, we tend to be of a type that doesn't necessarily prioritize ourselves. We have so many demands from others placed on us. It is, it is hard to have that self-focus. And, but that is the biggest point that I think we can drive home to our members is the importance of themselves. So in regards to what you just said, Linda, I also have a friend who works at Sandia. Um, she's not a paralegal but she is a mom and she keeps telling me that she is not the priority in her life, that her kids, her husband, her job and everything is more priority that she can't be on her own priority list. And I always remind her that yes, she does need to be on her priority list and she needs to be the top of her priority list because without that, the other things do not, will not matter to her or will not matter in this. And so I, understand that I think we need to all understand that we have to be priorities. We have to be a priority first, because if we aren't, then it doesn't help everybody else. So um, I like to think that um, we as paralegals should be doing that. And hopefully with regards to the division, we try to continue to keep pointing that out to people in, you know, our, either our, our, like your December meetings or, you know, maybe during a couple of our brown bag lunches or whatever we have that, you know, this is important. If you're not well, if you're not well, nothing else really matters. And I do think that um, it's important to, especially for young paralegals and new paralegals coming up, that they understand that they can't, that working overtime or doing all this is sounds good and does maybe make you look good in the eyes of the firm, but what is the cost to you? Um, I do agree that we should try and um, keep it going and keep going forward on all of these things. Um, As you said, I also read that is my at night. I stop at 830 and I go get in bed with a book and I read for the rest of the night until I'm tired. And that's my way of shutting off the world and shutting out work and making things just go back to being level 
And so I can go to sleep and then the next day I can deal with what's coming up in my calendar and in my life. Um, I also think that maybe we should, if possible, I think that I've learned a lot from being mentored. And I think if we have a possibility of being able to mentor people at, in the, through the division and with the division, that is also another good way to come in and kind of help, you know, support people and have them have a person that they can turn to. And maybe it's not a formal mentoring. Maybe it is still just us, you know, getting together and people, you know, gravitating toward the people in the group that they, you know, are most familiar with or that they want to get to know or, you know, Christine and I or Christine and you and I get together and talk about this. But just having a place, especially where we can sit down and, like you said, for most part, talk about the rules of law or, you know, just talk about what's going on in your life and what's in with the rules and what's in with the law or what's changed or what's been crappy today at work or crappy today because of the courts or whatever it may be. Um, that certainly, I think, does help. It is nice to have, some, like I said, somebody to um, help you out with that. Again, mine's a little stitcher because I have a little bit different world into mine. So <laughs> I, I'm a little bit, le I, I do, do would like to do that with more of you guys, but then there's other things I just can't discuss outside of work. So, um, but, you know, I do have my people for that. And I think it is important. Also, like you said, trying to make sure you're well, eat well, try when you can, have a lot of chocolate, um, you know, exercise, get out and get to know people. I think the other thing too is with the pandemic, a lot of us have all, for me especially, um, kind of gone into our homes and had to work from there and coming out again is, seems a little scary and maybe getting back into a routine where we start going out with our friends more and having, you know, dinners or lunches and meeting people and just being able to have that um, opportunity to be out and just enjoying the life, life again with people. Christina? Those are great suggestions. And I just want to say, like, taking a break, um, you know, working in a law office, you can probably, if you work with other paralegals and you see them getting, you know, frustrated or stressed out and you tell them, why don't you take a break? And I've had, you know, some paralegals say, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. Five or 10 minutes makes a huge difference. Sometimes you're just going in circles. And if you can just take that break, reset, refocus, it makes, you know, all the difference in the world. And as far as, you know, COVID, it really did change the way we were interacting with each other. And, you know, Linda, we've had a few events this year uh, that were in person and everyone is so excited to see each other and be interacting with each other again. So I think that definitely um, has lifted some of our spirits. I, I agree with that. Um, the in-person events are tremendous and have gone a very long way. Um, and Lynette, your, your statement about your friend kind of made me think of something um, you know there's a there's a saying and we all know it that the saying is if if mama isn't happy no one's happy and it's kind mm -hmm. of meant relative to the home right but I think that yes. saying can also be turned to instead of mama make it a paralegal in your office environment if the paralegal isn't happy no one's going to be happy and 
because we are the middle people, right? We're the go-between between the attorney and the client. And we're the ones that have the pressures on us from all sides. And typically we're the ones even interacting with the, the judges, TCAAs and things like that. Um, so make it a little uh, strip that you send or make it the, the signature line of your email, whatever, you know, if your paralegal isn't happy, dot, dot, dot. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I, I agree, finding, finding a balance um, between work and life and having your person, whether um, meaning your work person, someone that you can go to and who understands what you're going through and can be supportive and, you know, I'm saying three o'clock chocolate. It's everything. It really is. <laughs> you know, well, I want to add you, just one more thing on to that. Oh. So in this case and with other things, I think the two things would take away is, you know, trying to remember that the person that you're dealing with may also be having a bad day. And the takeaway is try to be a little bit nicer and make sure you read your emails and kind of make sure that you're not projecting something else onto somebody that you're ha experiencing because, you know, we all know that one person making you have a bad day makes everybody after you have a bad day too. And so I'm, I've been trying to kind of work on that a little bit too. And I think that also does help. And especially when we get around those attorneys that are like that, let's try and make them happier too, by, you know, giving them a joke or just telling them hi or. Okay, Great. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Linda and Lynette for sharing your thoughts and your expertise. And we'd like to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Legal Wellbeing in Action. Thank you for listening. This episode was produced by the State Bar of New Mexico's Wellbeing Committee and the New Mexico Judges and Lawyers Assistance Program. All editing and sound mixing was done by Blue Sky Elearn. Intro music is by Gil Flores. The views of the presenters are that of their own and are not endorsed by the State Bar of New Mexico. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, or legal advice. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.